you know, the podcast ended. We ran out of time today. We were talking about the chaos that is just coming from this in the next 12 months. You really, none of us have any idea what's going to be happening in 12 months from now. Yeah. A month after the election, what is America going to be like? And the only way I don't see it ending horribly is if it's not one of those two candidates that becomes president and somehow or another it's legitimate. Which, I, I mean... I, I don't know. I don't, I, and design it. it. Design the okay. world, right? All right? Like it's hard. Design the world. Donald Trump, if he dropped dead of a heart attack from natural causes, no one would believe it, right? <laughs> no, it's chaos. chaos. No, no one, one would believe be that Jeffrey Epstein. Right, right, okay? right. If he goes to jail... Nobody will nobody will stand for that on the right. Uh, it's just total chaos. Mm. Joe Biden, he runs. But by September, he's a year down the road from where he is now. Okay? Mm. If he just degrades at the same speed that he's degraded over the last year, we all know how our parents go. When they start to go, they go fast. What happens if he's completely degraded by September or October of next year. And they hide him. Chaos. If he's out and he, it's clear, then people start to think of Kamala being the vice president. Chaos. Uh, they replace her because they figure, okay, we can't have her as the president. Chaos. She's a DEI appointment. Uh, okay. So what are we going to do? If she becomes president, global chaos. Do you think China would be afraid of taking Taiwan under Kamala Harris? <laughs> no. 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 And with the story that we gave you in today's podcast about China, you'll hear it later. Uh, China absolutely would have the upper hand uh, in that. And then if you if you buy at all that the CIA was somewhat involved in the Kennedy assassination, do you think it's beyond reason that they could kill any president at any time, I don't care what side it is, if the deep state says, now's the time. They're weak. The whole thing is weak. Just take it. You know, Glenn, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's going to be a fun year. Yeah. It's going to be a fun uh -huh. year. And we have ringside seats, and so do you. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're all in the ring together. Uh, anyway, the podcast, great one today. You don't want to miss a second of it. Brought to you by Relief Factor. Used to live with horrible pain every day, and if you've done it, you know how much it drains all of the color out of the world. I tried everything I could to get get it to go away. I couldn't find anything, nothing. Finally found out about Relief Factor, and it changed my world forever. I got my life back. If you've been dealing with anything like I was dealing with, and I bet yours is much worse, maybe today is the day you should give it a try. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight that pain. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to reduce or eliminate pain and inflammation. Over a million people have tried it. Their quick starter kit, 70% of them order it again and again. See how they can help you. 1995, and it comes with a Relief Factor feel better or your money back guarantee. So give it a try. ReliefFactor.com or call 800, the number 4 Relief. 800 4 Relief. ReliefFactor.com. You're listening to. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome 
to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed and uh, and his uh, company, Kexi, uh, Kexi uh, Cookies. And you can get them at Kexi.com, right? Yes. Yeah. K-E-K-S-I.com. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Stu and I were talking about it because you have a new where I'm going. Tanya and I are going to the store today to get get them. Uh, and oh. uh, then we're going to go door to door and give them to our neighbors, the ones we like. <laughs> and you like like a thousand? Do you like about a thousand like of your one neighbors? Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so we're we're going to do that tonight. We took a walk in the neighborhood with all of the lights and everything else, and uh, it's just uh, you know I said we you know we we just don't ever have time to go you know see people, and so we're gonna. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go Carol. We're just going to give them cookies. Here, have some cookies. You take a motorized cart of some sort? Nope. Okay. Nope. I love that. No, oh, I got places. accused of having a mm. motorized cart in my neighborhood, which I'm the only one that doesn't oh, have right. a golf cart. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because I don't belong to the club. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. I was rejected. Remember that story? Mm. You were rejected. Uh, yeah. Gosh, that was, that was yeah. money well spent by Pat and I to bribe yeah. them to be rejected. Well, it was, that it was, was a good, it. It was it was a good job. It. So. I get this long, long letter that my wife or I are driving our golf cart and taking our dog for a run every morning, and we're a you know danger, a driving danger, a driving hazard. We're like, what? Don't you remember we didn't join the club? God, we that's don't have to injury. a golf cart. This is rich person insult to injury. <laughs> no, it really is. It's such a such a they first deny the club membership and then accuse you of having a golf yeah, cart. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like wow. They should build. They should I build mean, like a they're struggling really tragedy you out of like, it. You were like, look, what are you doing? What are you doing? You yeah. didn't. Count your golf carts. That's been a I huge problem one. in Senegal right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Same yeah. thing's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It, was dar- it was part of the Darfur conflict at the beginning, too. I know. <laughs> really? It's just, it's just, it's just, I am, Incredible. because I own a piece of property behind the, you know, the club and stuff. Who and doesn't? I yeah, have I told, I have told my, my, uh, my son, I am going to get the world's tallest car lot flagpole. Mm. And I am just going to hoist the Jolly Rogers flag, <laughs> and you'll be able to see it for tens of miles, and there won't be anything they can do about it. They will they love will, it. They will love it. Mm-hmm. They will love it. Anyway, uh, so uh, people are moving uh, because of people like me, uh, I think, uh, from Washington State. They're, pl- they're fleeing the Pacific Northwest, uh, California, and then uh, Oregon and Washington, and they're going to uh, they're going to Idaho. Now, normally, I don't like it when people move to California to you know my state. And I know mm-hmm. you know people in Idaho are like, uh, no Californians, please. However, the state is already one of the most conservative states in the union. Fifty eight percent are GOP voters, but the people that are moving in, they're moving because of politics. And they're registering at 65% GOP. So they're more conservative than the people in Idaho. And I say, bring it on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already a conservative state. Now, there's yeah, going to yeah. be no, every Republican's going to lose 80 to 20 in, in Washington and California instead of 60 oh, yeah. to 40, but who cares? <laughs> yeah, 65% of yeah. the people moving in are registered Republicans. 12% are Democrats. Wow. That's remarkable. Yeah. Wow. We are sifting ourselves a little bit into. Uh, yeah, we are. Which I don't yeah. know. I don't. I, you know okay what? with it now. <laughs> I Whatever. feel like <laughs> I, I feel like that's what I want to do, but it's really bad. Is it though? 
Well, it's it's not bad for us per se. It's bad for the country. Is it though? <laughs> did, I, did the first one get on the air? Because uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you know. Look, there's. It's okay to self-select at some level with people who generally see the world. I mean, I don't need someone who's going to agree with me on the exact tax cut policy that I want. But like, I would no, like someone won't. who thinks men are men and women are women. It's hard to talk to people who can't yeah, grasp I mean, basic reality. You know, people are blaming <laughs> conservatives for self-sorting and they're saying, you know, this is horrible. Well, you know what? This is where I'm torn. Now, it's really pretty horrible when you are living in a state that forces your children to learn that there is no right or wrong, male or female, and white people are bad. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to live in a state where they're teaching black people are bad or Asian people are bad. No race. What do you say about that? I So you ha- you feel like you have no choice but to move. And I think it's bad for the country long term. But I tell you, I'm, uh, you know, in Texas, I'm here for a reason. I didn't want to live in New York anymore. Yeah. And like, I don't know, is that a good choice or a bad choice? You, I mean, do you like getting pelted by eggs on the way to work no, every day? No, I really, no. No, I really okay. don't. Really don't. Um, and uh, But GOP also does not solve all the problems. I want to play something uh, that a friend of mine found because he's, he's Bulgarian. And so he watches news from, you know, former Iron Curtain countries. He found something on their news in Ukraine, and it comes from 2016. It's Lindsey Graham and John McCain talking to Ukrainian soldiers that next year is the year for offense, offense with Russia. Listen to this clip. Your fight is our fight. 2017 will be the year of offense. All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Enough of a Russian aggression. It is time for them to pay a heavier price. 2016. Our fight is not with the Russian people, but with Putin. Our promise to you is to take your calls to Washington. Inform the American people of your bravery. And make the case against Putin to the world. Wow. Mm. Talk mm. about a warmonger. That guy has never met a war he no, but, wasn't in love with. But hang on just a second. Isn't it fascinating that... You mm-hmm. are standing there in 2016, right after the election, mm-hmm. and you're speaking as though the war is going to begin the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, it's already, the decision's already made. Already made. We're going to go to war with Russia. Well, We're going to back gonna make your, his case. He's going to make the so, case. Well, yeah. His decision's certainly made. <laughs> the, sure. Not the nation. isn't it weird that after Donald Trump, we didn't really hear anything about Ukraine. We heard Russia, 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 mm-hmm. but we didn't really hear anything about Ukraine. And then, as soon as Donald Trump is out, the first thing that happens is Ukraine. Yeah, but mm-hmm. caused by a Russian invasion. Yes, <laughs> but Russia is that invaded Russian invasion. Was that Russian invasion not only mm-hmm. 
wouldn't have happened with Donald Trump because of who Donald Trump was. I think that's true. But is it also because the Russians knew exactly what the warmongers were going to do under a Biden administration? Maybe. I mean, who knows? It's possible. I will say, you know, this is 2016, so it is after Crimea. Like, this stuff had heated up quite a bit already, right? So there's some reason for them to be talking about this, but it's certainly... But it's two years later. Yeah. It's two years after Crimea. And why is 2017? I'm convinced it's because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to get in. Then when she didn't, the the train has already left the station. And we're just going to do it anyway. And they had no idea... That perhaps I'd love I'd love to play this clip for Donald Trump and get his point of view. Mm. Was there Mm -hmm. a movement to go in Mm. to Ukraine by the left and the right when you first got in? Because somebody Mm. in his administration would know if that was if that was trying to be wielded against. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that was remember one of the problems that they had was they said that Donald Trump was too pro-russian and i mean before there you know there was a computer sending right. signals to his bank no there's not that was complete fabrication however that he was sending the message we're not going to be hostile we're not hostile we just want to be friends with everybody well and that was our that was our position that we were not going to allow ukraine into nato and that position went away they just went back on that completely so, uh, and I thought it was kind of reasonable for Russia not to want Ukraine to be part of NATO. And angry when we failed a promise, right? We broke right. a promise to them. Yep. I mean, that was part yep. of the agreement back in the day. It was. So, I mean, it, look, that, there's been lots mm-hmm. of problems on both sides of this for a very long time. And, yeah. But it does seem like there was an agenda kind of in place that people wanted to execute. And Trump certainly got in the way of that. I mean, that clip there is a great example of it. They 100% at that moment believed Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president of the United States. You could, you could Well, no, it was bank. December. So it was, it was after the election. Oh, it was December? It was oh, December. Okay. That's my mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's interesting. Then they already knew. Yeah. Right. That, that but Trump I think was in. they thought that the train was already, had already left the station, that the, the deep state, no. everything was mm-hmm. happening. You know, the State Department, and they just didn't think that, I think, that they That's thought it couldn't be stopped. At that time, too, they, you remember the early versions of the Trump administration were would be more, maybe more, have more affinity for that type of thing, right? They had a lot of generals in control. Remember, sure. That was the that early version of the Trump uh, administration had maybe more more likelihood to 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 take that seriously and it, but it also, didn't work i mean they he obviously trump did not go along with it, with mccain right but the deep state started pushing russia 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 mm-hmm. that russia had interfered putin was behind it that uh the presidential election had been hijacked by russia i mean they immediately went and made russia the bad guy yeah even though I'm not saying they're not they, the bad they guy. They are the bad guy. They are the bad guy. But yeah. they immediately made that they pinned all stuff that wasn't true on Russia. Yeah. I mean, they've had it out for Russia. And it's it's amazing to me how does it seem like anybody is actually representing you? Not really. Yeah. Not really. Right? Mm-hmm. And so people buy into conspiracy theories because... You have to try to explain it. 
Yeah. How? Why is no one else standing up for America? And how much have things changed since that presidential debate between Obama and Romney, where Obama told Romney that the 1980s called and they wanted their Russian policy back, that you shouldn't be considering Russia even an enemy at that point? It was Al-Qaeda that was the enemy, not Russia. Well, that's interesting how much that's changed over the last few years. Well, I think the Russia thing came from the Clinton um, and Biden camp. I really, I mean, I think they've been um, making money with Russia and Ukraine on the side, dirty money for a long time. Yeah. And I think this was part of their plan the whole time, quite honestly. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Pat, thank you so much. God bless. No, no. Thank you. No, no. And I, I mean that. Okay. You mean it. I mean it. Okay. You wish. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, we have uh, Justin Haskins on uh, with us, uh, who is from the Heartland, uh, the Heartland, what is it, Foundation or Institute, yeah. Uh, he belongs in an institute. Anyway, um, he's here to tell us about the, the poll that was done by Rasmussen uh, that we spoke about yesterday. It is officially out today. It is the Heartland Rasmussen poll on um, voter fraud. And for the first time, a poll has been done and asked, did you did you cheat? Did you or somebody, you know, fill out a uh, a ballot that wasn't yours? Did you forge a name? And shockingly, there was about eight to 10 percent of people on both sides that claimed to be cheating in the 2020 election. Justin, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Merry Christmas. Merry that was Christmas. a great introduction, too. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Radio yeah. Hall of Famer, everyone. There you go. Radio Hall of Famer. You know, look, at, once you're in the Hall of Fame, they can't revoke it. So you kind of like coast. You're like, whatever. I mean, O.J. Simpson is still in the NFL Hall of Fame. Amen. Right? Like, you can't really do anything to get out. So be glad I didn't chop your head off. <laughs> I am. I really am. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so tell me the ins and outs of this poll, because I have some questions. First, set the stage on the poll. Right. So the poll is of a thousand of voters, the vast majority of which voted in the 2020 election. And basically, we asked people, uh, the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen reports, we asked people about various fraudulent behaviors without without actually telling them that it's a form of fraud. So we asked them, did you fill out your, did someone else fill out a ballot for you using your name? Did you fill out someone else's ballot? Did you um, mail a ballot in, in a state that you're no longer a permanent resident in? Uh, did you sign a ballot, forge a signature for someone else's ballot with or without their permission? Um, and honestly, I don't think I had this idea for a poll about a month ago and I had numerous, numerous people telling me, do not do this poll. Do not ask it because it's going to be a huge bust and, uh, no one is going to admit that they committed fraud. Uh, absolutely no one. My, my father, who's probably listening to the show right now, begged me, don't do this show. And as usual, dad was wrong and I was right. <laughs> and I'm glad that I did the poll because more, you, you said in the lead up to this, it was, it was somewhere between eight to 10%, I think you said, yeah. admitted to committing fraud. It's actually double that. 
it was between 17 and 21 percent of people who did mail-in ballots said yes to one of the questions that we asked. So mm. these are people admitting this is this is this is at minimum okay, so, one in five mail-in ballots fraudulent. Okay, so so hang on. I have sat down, uh, you know, at the kitchen, uh, and not with voter stuff, but I've sat down in the kitchen, and you know, I'm filling out some paperwork, and my wife is supposed to fill it out or whatever. And she'll be like, my hands are a mess. I just, just sign it. I don't want to sign it. Just sign it. I filled out forms for her. uh, And I think a lot of people have, you know, been in a situation to where you're like, just, just sign it. Cause you're, you're, it's your spouse and you're together and you're not, you don't think you're committing fraud because everybody, there's no victim here. You know what I mean? How much of a role do you think that played with like older people that they're, you know, they're voting together at home and maybe the wife or the husband is filling out the ballot, you know, and but they're sitting there together. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a fair point for at least some of the questions. This right. is why we didn't just ask only one kind of question. We also asked, you know, did you cast a ballot in a state where you're no longer a resident? That's it's kind of hard to explain that one. Yeah. You know, or, or did you, you know, um, and, and, and did you fill out someone's ballot is a little bit different than did you just sign it kind of at the end. So I think there's that as well. Uh, the really important thing I think for people to keep in mind, though, is that Although that scenario is, is entirely possible, and I think a lot of people actually did experience it, and, and people might be thinking, well, you know, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is this. In previous elections, when you had to go vote in person, that would never happen. Correct. That couldn't happen. And so I think this explains, I think this survey explains why we saw so many additional votes. We saw it was like 20 million additional votes or some crazy thing like that that we had never seen before. Why did we see record number of votes? I think because there were a ton of people filling out ballots for other people in the House. I think that was the most common form of voter fraud. And so that's not on the same level, maybe, as stealing ballots from a ballot box or something like that. But it's still a form of fraud, and it's still something that impacted the election. Mm. So what's going to happen because of this poll? I mean, you first of all, when you look at it, it's 22% Democrat, 21% Republican. But that's misleading because almost two to one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Democrats are sending in ballots where Republicans are, are going in and voting on, on Election Day. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we know, I don't think we have enough data to know for sure who did this more often in terms of party affiliation or voting or uh, for Biden or Trump or anything like that. I think the most we can say, though, very definitively, is that voter fraud was a major part of the election. It just was. And I don't know that we could tell who won the election based on this. The survey is accurate, is reflective of reality. I don't know that we could tell who won. Because in a lot of these states, the, like in Georgia and places like that, I mean, the difference between Trump and Biden was a fraction of a percentage point. So if voter fraud was even close to what we're seeing in this poll, we don't know who won in that state. That's the truth. And so what we have to do going forward is, making sh- is make sure that if you're going to have mail-in balloting, which I don't think is a great idea, but if you're going to have it in your state, 
then uh, widespread mail-in balloting, then make people go to a notary or someone who's an unbiased party official have the state pay for the notary or whatever. Uh, most government buildings have a notary anyway. Um, banks have notaries for their customers. That's usually for free. Go there and get the ballot notarized. If you require that, then most of this problem pretty much goes away overnight. Oh my gosh, voter suppression. Yeah, now you're expecting, you're expecting people of any color, pink, black, yellow, red, orange, purple, to know where they could find a notary? That's, that's something only in a rich person's world. I see what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, and you know, that's what they're going to say. Yes. And my response to that would be, fine, then we'll send notaries to people's houses. We'll do whatever we have to do to get... No, here's get, what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Go on election day and vote. Yeah. Go on election I mean, day and vote. Make voting three days. Whatever, but go to the place where we all have to go. We all have to get the little flag, you know, sticker. I voted today. We, that's what yeah. you do. Unless, I mean, unless you have a, you know, an excuse, right? Like, I mean, that's how it's, it did with us. We, we used to work out of state on election day, obviously yes. doing election coverage. It was impossible for us to get there on that day. So, yeah, so we had an, uh, 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 an outside ballot. We had one of those, right. uh, what are they called? Uh, provisional ballots. Provis- no, not no. provisional. Um, okay. Absentee ballot. Uh, absentee ballot. Thank you, absentee. Ballot. Thank yes, you so thank much, you. Justin. Hey, Justin, do you have anything that you can compare this to? Like, obviously, like. I'm wondering, is this a consistent number from election to election, or is this something that is well, we don't, uh, odd in 2020? Do we know? Because there's, I mean, I, I this thought is I asked the Justin. First, that's my, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I thought I asked Justin. Was, that, that, was it Justin? I thought, okay, ahead, I thought Justin. I said Justin. Hey, Justin, what's your answer <laughs> sure. to this? And then Glenn answered, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, Glenn and I share one mind. So really, when you ask, and it's my yeah, it's like, show. Yeah. So uh, the, the answer to the answer to Stu's, the Stu's fine question is that we do not have this poll has never been done before. As far mm. as I could tell, I tried to find something similar to it. This has never been done ever in history. I'm not sure that it would even necessarily matter if it had in some ways mm. because Why? during because during COVID. Things changed so dramatically. There was huh. prior to COVID, there was hardly any mail-in balloting oh. allowed anyway without an excuse. Uh. So I don't know that it would matter the all answer, that much I if we was, had something. To it definitely expanded. However, there were states there were, that were doing there it. There were, um, but not like not like this. Yeah, not like it this. This, it, this could the sway the one. national uh, election now. The way we do it now, I mean, and honestly, it. The the government should care. Here's why. Chaos ensues. Mm. If you don't believe the election results, then strongman tactics or chaos ensues. You know, you know, why, why did January 6th happen? Well, because there were a lot of people that didn't believe that those were accurate results. Well, that's because Donald Trump. No, it's because we had unprecedented changes. And also, for the first time in my life, with an exception of the year 2000, all of a sudden, we don't know the answer. And even in the year 2000, they didn't shut down counting. There were just too many things that were irregular. 
And the government has lied and lied and lied about so many different things. It's a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory. Oh, uh, he's got a bank in uh, Moscow that's contacting him at Trump Tower. Wait, what? They're pushing conspiracy theories while saying real things are conspiracy theory. If they don't clean this up and they know this, they are responsible for any kind of unrest, any kind of because it's easy to take care of, especially in today's world. It's called blockchain. Really simple. Yeah, I mean, and I think the scale of this, too, is is just is so absolutely massive. Um, it's hard to imagine that this didn't... Ha- it, you, you're a completely reasonable person for believing that voter fraud impacted the election based on this survey and a whole bunch of other things that happened. Um, but to just give people some perspective on the numbers, there were 159 million ballots cast. 159 million, that's all ballots. 68 million of those ballots were cast mail-in ballots. It was by far the biggest mail-in ballot election in 2020 ever. If this survey is reflective of what actually happened, and one in five mail-in ballots are potentially fraudulent or should have been thrown out, shouldn't have been accepted, that would be 13 million ballots. 13 million ballots. And so this has to be cleaned up or we don't have a country. We don't have a country anymore because you're exactly right. No one will trust the election. So here's the latest. The D.C. board has removed now 65,000 ineligible registrations and will remove 38,000 more in California and Illinois contacted by Judicial Watch. So do Judicial Watch sent notice letters to the election officials in D.C., California, Illinois, saying you're violating the National Voter Registration Act. There are people that have moved out of the state that are long dead, didn't exist, whatever, should not be voting, and you're leaving them on the rolls. I mean, it, it really is crazy to me that it only seems like the right is doing anything about this. Well, of course, they think they're going to lose. Well, we're losing our republic. Shouldn't we all care about this? Shouldn't we care? I mean, the poll comes out and it's you can't really explain it this way because of the numbers of people that were participating. But just looking at it at the surface, 21 percent, 22 percent Republican Democrat. We should all care about this. The minute we stop caring about every single vote that is cast is the day the republic is no more. And I don't know. Maybe we're there. Maybe we're already past it. I'm not. I wish yeah. someone would lead the charge to clean this up. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. And when you look at election laws that have been passed, actually, a lot of red states are terrible in this terrible. regard. Terrible. Terrible in it. Terrible. And some, some deep blue states are actually better than red states. I mean, I was looking at state-by-state laws on mail-in balloting in Rhode Island, which is as blue of a state as you will ever find, been dominated by the Democrat Party for a century. Quickly. They require two witnesses or a notary for a person to cast a mail-in ballot. They have to have two witnesses or a notary. Most red states don't even require yep. any witness at all. Some of them don't even do signature verification for mail-in ballots. Like Kansas doesn't even do a signature verification. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
So there is a um, there is a new op-ed now that came out with the Daily Caller, and I have to read it to you. It's amazing. It's from Will Pierce. Listen to what he says. I've been a loyal Democrat for as long as I can remember. Oh, it's one of these fake Democrats. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Keep listening. I spearheaded Joe Biden's exploratory effort in 2015. I served as a senior advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders during the 2016 and 2020 elections. I even played a role as a fundraiser for Biden during the 2020 general election. But despite my active involvement in the Democratic Party, the concerns I hold regarding the party's direction in recent years can no longer be ignored. I love our country. That is why I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party, a party that is focused on dividing us by radicalizing every issue and undermining our rights enshrined in the Constitution. The main reason I'm leaving the Democratic Party is its utter disconnect with the American people. The party that once championed the working class has now been overtaken by elites in affluent hubs who couldn't care less about the struggles of the average American. This shift has left many Americans, including myself, unheard and feeling like an afterthought of the Democratic Party. The party's shortcomings in education have played a significant role in my departure as well. They have declared war on concerned parents like myself, labeling them domestic terrorists or for expressing their opposition to radical curricula that disseminates sexual content to young children. The party's emphasis on progressive ideology in schools at the expense of parental involvement and a robust robust STEM education raises legitimate concerns about the future preparedness of our children. It is time to shift our focus back to the fundamentals that ensure our children's success, thereby building a foundation for a more prosperous society. I would love to talk to this guy because I can't imagine that we agree on, but so far I agree with everything. We work for Bernie Sanders. But I mean, it's interesting. And this isn't a, hey, Joe Biden's too old. We need a better candidate. No, no, no. This is a full-fledged. What we've been saying. Yeah. um, I think the strongest line so far is, I love our country. Also, the Democratic Party's shift towards identity politics has steered us away from the timeless belief of judging individuals by their character and not by the color of their skin or similar characteristics. The weaponization of race and gender ideology for partisan political purposes does a significant disservice to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, and it's a detriment to us all. Amen. Politics to me is about addition, not division. It is meant to unite us as a nation where we can put aside our differences on some issues to come together on as one cohesive unit. However, the Democrats' tendency to label dissenters as extreme, shutting down meaningful discourse, has veered away from the principles I believe are essential for a thriving democracy. In the years as part of the Democratic Party, I witnessed a hesitancy and, at points, clear unwillingness to address critical issues for fear of alienating segments of the party. I'm looking at the Democratic Party's vision for an ideal world, and it is a very concerning reality that emerges. They imagine a country where dissent from the powers that be result in punishment. This guy 
I mean, he was part of Biden. He was part of Bernie Sanders. And now he is finally to a place to where he realizes they imagine a country where dissent from the powers that be result in punishment. That is fascism. The term equity has lost its true meaning as the party struggles to understand its use in a diverse nation. What was once a noble pursuit of justice and fairness has been corrupted within democratic circles, diluting its significance to the point to where it has lost any meaning. The party's attempts to champion equity now seem to prioritize ideological conformity over the genuine pursuits of justice, leaving a void in the very principles that should guide our efforts toward a more inclusive and just society. As I've grown older, my priorities have shifted toward ensuring that my tax dollars contribute to the welfare of our children, support for the less fortunate, and secure national defense. Unfortunately, the Democratic Party's current focus involves burdensome taxation, prioritizing foreign aid over domestic needs, and accumulating debt that compromises our national security. The Democratic Party's leadership also raises concern. President Biden's struggles while doing the job day to day, coupled with controversy surrounding his family, have brought forward serious issues that warrant our careful consideration. The heavy handed influence of the Clinton dynasty within the Democratic Party further adds to the narrative of a party entangled in controversies and detached from the concerns of everyday Americans. Democratic policies paint a bleak picture of a country where a significant portion of people's hard-earned wages are funneled into an ever-expanding government, leaving individuals working tirelessly just to make ends meet. Take, for instance, San Francisco and Chicago, where tax dollars are diverted from aiding the most vulnerable to instead masking their struggles from public view. In this unsettling scenario, the elites indulge in the luxury of private jets and utilize taxpayer funds for personal gain. They are far more concerned with consolidating power than with genuinely addressing the needs and concerns of the American people. The difference between stated values and actual behavior undermines the trust that citizens should be able to place in their government. As I reflect on these issues, I'm compelled to seek a political home that aligns with a commitment to judging individuals by their character, fostering accountability, and advancing the well-being of all uh, Americans. By joining the Republican Party, I am not abandoning my values. Instead, I'm seeking a political home that aligns more closely with my vision for a free, united, and prosperous America. The Republican Party, with its emphasis on individual freedoms, fiscal responsibility, and a commitment to addressing the concerns of all Americans, offers a new path forward, one that I am eager to explore as I re-enter the political arena. That is fascinating. He's wrong about the Republican Party, but, I mean, (laughs) fiscal responsibility? Uh Uh-huh. Right. In comparison, maybe. But in comparison, yeah. in comparison, perhaps, perhaps. Th- that is, I think, incredible. Mm. Can you ever see yourself having that type of mo- moment? Yes. I think we already have. I think we already have. Mm. I've gone from uh, not a Republican because 
uh, I just don't like labels to not a Republican because I don't like the Republicans. I mean, I vote generally Republican, but I'll never give them a dime ever again. Uh, If I had a choice to get out and have another, if another party started that was serious, like Libertarian Party, it feels like they're never really serious about winning. Um, And uh, if I had another choice, that's why I'm independent. I think that's why a vast, vast number of former Republicans and Democrats are now going independent because they don't feel either party is really representing them. Yeah, his transition there is interesting because he's saying, I haven't changed my principles. But like, you know, talking about some of these things. Yeah. I mean, like, how can you be with Bernie, a Bernie Sanders advisor and care about fiscal responsibility? Like, I mean, come on. How, how I don't know. Gonna, That's why I'd love to talk yeah, to him. I mean, I'm curious as to whether it was one of those things where he's realizing he was he, wrong because he's saying I'm, I'm still the same guy, basically. He, but he did say on fiscal responsibility as I got as I have gotten older. older yeah. So it's kind of like if you're not a liberal when you're, you know, 20, <laughs> you're, you don't have a heart. If you're not conservative by the time you're 50, you don't have a brain mm. in the famous words, words of Churchill. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, this would be a really fascinating guy to talk to. I would love to talk to this, this guy. Well, how does that transition happen, Glenn? Because you have the, if you have a moment like that where you're going, I mean, this is a big life change, he, he's right? The hated, he's the most hated man on the left for a while. You're saying is what's the result of this happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But like, I, I'm saying in a quiet moment, right? Like you're at your house and one day you're looking at your life and you're saying, God, I've spent my entire life trying to get people like Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden elected. And I think they're wrong. Like, I think I've, I've, I've spent my life working for something that is actually hurting the country. What kind of, what kind of moment is that in a person's life? I again think we've had that. We had that with the Patriot Act. We had that smaller ones, but it was led to the same thing. We've That's a policy, I think, though. That's not okay. A, try this. Okay. I have always been red, white, and blue. I bleed red, white, and blue. I bleed the United States of America. I have always believed that we were the good guys. Mm, I don't think so anymore. That we're the good guys. Yeah, I think that. I think the intent of most of our soldiers, Mm -hmm. the intent of most of the people in America is different than the intent of those at the CIA, NSA, now FBI. It's just different from the people Mm -hmm. in Washington, the higher ups in Washington. I think they are on the wrong side. They are no longer on the side of the American people. So I have a really hard time. You know, it's weird is I've had an easier time to say the Pledge of Allegiance. I used to have a problem. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Yeah. It's always bothered me. The flag, it's only simple. because it's a Woodrow Wilson FDR thing. Um, it, it is always, it's a symbol. But I have concentrated on and the republic for which it stands. Right. And that has become more and more important to me. Um, the republic. I fly the flag differently. I used to fly the flag um, as a as a sign. Yeah, I I love America. Now I almost fly it mentally in defense of the republic. 
as, as almost a symbol of rebellion in my life. Mm. I believe in the republic for which that stands, where I never would have thought that way. Never. I always gave people, you know, 25 years ago, I gave everybody the benefit of the doubt. Oh, we all kind of think alike. That was, a, that was hard. That was really hard when, you, when I at least woke up and went, I think they're working against us. I think, I don't even know how long this has gone on. I, I think we're actually, we've been conned hmm. for a very long time. Those principles that we all thought we had, no, the elites don't have those principles. Na, 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 na.